All right, we're back. It's your host, Rob Morris. This is the Rims and Nets Podcast, episode 42, segment 2. All right, so we're going to get into the free agency uh, review. Get you the winners and losers of free agency, all the impact moves that happen around the league and the NBA. As we count down to the uh, season that will be starting in three weeks from now, training camp starts today, December 1st. We're now recording this. Uh, heading around 11.30 on the East Coast. All right, so... Let's take a look at the East winners of free agency, or really off-season winners. Because you kind of, you know, free agency trades, you kind of have to combine it because there was a lot of trades. There was a lot of free agents that went different places. But there was a lot of, a lot of trades as well that were very impactful to how things shaped up the, the whole league. Um, people say, oh, did the East get better? I don't really think the East got better. I think once the Nets, you know, get Durant back, which they're going to get Durant back this upcoming season, or this season, um, you're going to see a little bit more strength up top in the East. But I still think the West continues to be extremely deep throughout their entire conference. Like, there's some teams that are that probably could make the playoffs in the East that are in the West that may not make the playoffs. Um, you just mentioned the Spurs, how... They're kind of in an in-between position where they can't really improve their team enough to compete with those top dogs in the West. So that's that's what the situation is going on with the West. They're just a lot of very a lot of deep teams in the West, a lot of talented teams in the West, and really things could change. Who knows how things could change? Maybe Denver might fall from last year. Maybe them losing Jeremy Grant and Miles Plum and Mason Plumley. And Tory Clegg is too much for them to, to to them to deal with because they're relying a lot on Jamal Murray and a lot on a lot on Jokic to really be the offense to be to carry the team and it may be too much for them to carry and they might fall and then that might open things up for a team like San Antonio or a team like Phoenix that's really improved themselves this off season to step into where possibly Denver or and then even Memphis Memphis. Could be really bad this year. They made the playoffs. They could be terrible. They may not get better than what they were last year. So things, a lot of things could change in the West as well. Where I think in the East, you kind of know what your teams are going to be. Kind of know where they're going to be. Most most teams that were up top in the East are probably going to stay up top. Are probably going to be in that playoff position that they were last year. There's probably a few teams that maybe that will will mention with the winners that possibly could put themselves in a position to be playoff teams this upcoming year so let's start with the east um obviously obviously the biggest winner is the bucks obviously they got to make sure you know onto onto the was willing to sign that five-year contract but if he doesn't then he'll probably be a free agent next year so it's gonna be it's gonna be depending on if he's gonna sign that long-term deal will it be a really really big winner but 
even even if it doesn't happen, if the, the contract doesn't get signed, I still think the Bucks did a great job of improving their team and flat out changing the entire dynamic of their of their roster, or really just you know they went from a team that more of an offensively gifted team to more of a defensive minded team overnight. Adding Drew Holiday, you know, a little bit more of a flex, a little bit more of a versatile defender than what Eric Bledsoe could bring to your team. Eric Bledsoe could defend maybe two, possibly three positions, but he's mostly was more of a guy that could defend point guards and, and other guards. I think Drew Holiday can defend with his wingspan and whatnot. He's a, he's a bigger guard than Bledsoe. He's Stands at almost 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, He's a guy that can guard ones, twos, threes, big threes at that. He can guard guys that are in possibly 6'8", you know, you know, wing, wing guys. So that's going to really help your versatility where Bledsoe probably wouldn't be able to do that. Bledsoe would be a little bit too small to guard a lot of bigger wings. So Holiday can do that. That puts a lot of pressure off of uh, Greek Free to defend a lot of those guys and makes it mu- makes them much more dangerous on the offensive end. But um, they also added Brent Forbes out of San Antonio. This a huge loss for the Spurs losing Brent Forbes. Brent Forbes was very good for their team last year. Um, they, then they add DJ Augustine, which will be possibly the backup uh, point guard. Drew Hall, uh, G- George Hill. They decided to trade George Hill away. So they got a little bit more younger at that position. Augustine's a guy that can, you know, more of an offensive guy, can score, can shoot the three. Um, but then, and then you have Bobby Portis, more but younger. You know, like I said, they had a more of a more a seasoned veteran type of uh, bench. Last year, and you know they had Kyle, Kyle Koiver, they had Brook, uh, excuse me, not Brook, Robin Lopez. So they had more of a a veteran-ish type of uh, bench. Now their bench is going to be basically Augustine, Forbes, Connington, Tory Craig, and Bobby Portis. So really, a lot more younger bench, a lot more. Of a more athletic, defensive-minded bench. Tory Craig is also a good defender. So, yeah, Tory Craig is a good defender. Um, Brent Forbes, he's more of an offensive guy, but I mean, he's still been well coached under um, Tom Izzo and Greg Popovich. He's played under a lot of good coaching, so I think he's gonna definitely help this team out. Because uh, Brent Forbes, you look at his look at his statistics real quick. I mean, he's an offensive guy. Eleven point two points a game. He's just a flat out good scorer. So. You had him, you had Augustine. I mean, they're going to be very good offensively as well as they're going to be very good defensively. So they kind of have the best of both worlds with this 
where I feel like last year they're more of a defensive-minded team. I mean, I'm more of an offensive-minded team than a defensive-minded team. Sorry, I'm just trying to look for... Yeah, so Bobby Portis, 10. He averaged 10 points per game, 5 rebounds per game. Just another guy that can just gives a lot of good production. So I mean, the Bucks. If you look at that, that, that's a really good bench. Like they're a deep, deep bench. I mean, they pretty much had a good bench last year, but now they they're a little bit more flexibility. They got a little bit more younger with the bench this year. So I like what I liked what they did. I think they had probably the best offseason for sure because they really flat out improved their team. If not, got I mean, and how can you improve a team that already was the best, one of the best teams in the in the NBA record wise? that but uh yeah like i was saying um i think the bucks without a doubt position themselves to be the top team in the east once again and they just added a bunch of pieces that will definitely help their team out significantly um probably next on the list i have the sixers um I don't think the Sixers are going to be that much better, but who knows? I th- I think with Doc Rivers, he add he has one of the better young pieces in the game of Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. I mean, then they add Dwight Howard, they add Danny Green, they added Seth Curry via both via via trade, so. I mean, they they got they got a nice deep roster with a lot of pieces that would definitely help them out. Um, their size is going to be really really special with Dwight Howard and Joel Embiid. So look out for the Sixers, man. Look out for them to kind of make an impact in the East. But I think. You know, as expected, they'll probably be a top four team in the East, and we'll have to see how they do in the playoffs. It's all, it all comes down to Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid at this point. Can Doc get those guys to to be motivated enough to to not only win the Atlantic and and win the division and be a top team in that division and override the Celtics that will be right there standing. You know, standing, uh, you know, standing against them to winning that division, but also getting a, a higher seed to or a top seed, so that they possibly can position themselves. Because really, 
I think the key is they got to be a top two team in, in the East to position themselves behind the Bucks. If they could do that, they put themselves to be in position to be in the Eastern Conference Finals to face off with Milwaukee. Because really, it's just Milwaukee against everyone else at this point. I think Milwaukee is a step up from everyone else by a pretty large margin. And it's up to the Sixers to see if they can close that gap. So, I think they, they helped themselves a lot. They also drafted Tyrese Maxey as well out of Kentucky. A pretty good defender. So, they, they really have a lot of defensive-minded guys on their squad. They're one of the better defensive players, I think, in, in the in the entire league in Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is a very good defender, so and the Joel Embiid's a very good shot blocker. And then they have a lot of good defenders around him. Matisse Dybul, um, Shake Milton's a pretty decent defender. So they should definitely improve significantly from last year. But uh it's all going to depend on Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid how far they go. Depending on their upside, how far are they going to go? Hopefully they can possibly win big games to put themselves in position to win a championship. But the probably the biggest surprise in the offseason that was able to get pieces that we would never thought would want to consider going to Atlanta. Or, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't say never consider, but I think, you know, the NBA is noticing um, how the Hawks have been able to draft this these past couple of years. They've drafted extremely well, getting Trey Young, getting John Collins. I mean, those guys are, are impact players right now. Then you have... They drafted uh, Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter. So they, the, the Hawks have done a very good job to draft in the past few years, and now they add, they kind of add to the fruits of their labor with Rajon Rondo wanting to go there. They add Rajon Rondo. They added Danilo Gallinari, and they added, which is probably the biggest piece is adding Bro, Bro, Bogdan Bogdanovich, which didn't want to go to Milwaukee. Chose to go to Atlanta because he probably thought he wasn't going to get a. Uh, he probably wanted to start, so Atlanta's offering him a starting job in Atlanta. So Bogdan Bogdanovich ends up going to Atlanta instead instead of Milwaukee. So that is huge that the Hawks were able to steal Bogdanovich from the from the Bucks. Um, so they add veterans to their young guys to kind of give them some leadership, and they look they like I said they look strong to be a a, a a playoff team in the East for sure. They have the talent and they have a lot of depth. So keep it on Atlanta Hawks. I think they definitely they're winners, off season winners for sure in the East. Um, and probably the final one for the East, I like what the Heat were able to do. They added Avery Bradley. They added Mo Harkless. They drafted Precious Acherora out of Memphis. So they definitely added the same type of pieces that pretty much set this culture the way it is today. They did lose Jay Crowder, but like I said, lose, uh, 
losing Jay Crowder and getting more Harkless, you know, they don't lose much on the defensive end of the defensive end. They have a bunch of shooters already on the roster. And then getting a a, a great on ball defender in A.B. Bradley, I mean, that is huge for the Heat. I mean, they're gonna probably be one of the most toughest teams to to play every every game. Um, just because of the defensive uh, personnel to to just to be uh, and then Tyler Harrell like how good is Tyler Harrell what type of jump will Tyler Harrell have in, in his second year uh, he looked like a guy that could potentially be a superstar in this league or something close to that so maybe they'll start Tyler Harrell and make him a guy that can um, will be a guy that can kind of lean on along with Jimmy Butler. So keep an eye on the Heat. I think the Heat definitely made themselves slightly better. I wouldn't say they they got a – I don't think they made themselves enormously better, but they made themselves slightly better, and it will depend on how, how Tyler Harrell extends at this point. Will he become a super – will he become a star player – that they can lean on with him and Jimmy Butler, and then obviously Dragic kind of is a uh, kind of an All Star edge type of player. How well will those three guys, you know, help their, you know, team to possibly get to the next level? Because they're still kind of far away from teams like the Lakers and some of the teams out west of really being a top end NBA type of team or top. Yeah, top end type team in the NBA. All right, so those are the winners for the East. Let's get, let's take a look at the winners in the West. And this should be easy. Like I said, it just seems like the two top teams in the East definitely helped them. I mean, the two top teams in the NBA, record wise, last year pretty much helped themselves the most. And there's players that just wanted to co- just wanted to go there. So via trade, the Lakers were able to get Dennis Schroeder. Uh, Denver pretty much are just giving up everybody right now. They've given up all their uh, big pieces of that team that made it to the playoffs last year. When they're and they're going to flat out rebuild. So Lakers end up adding Schroeder. They end up adding Marcus Gasol out of Toronto, and they add Wesley Matthews as well as Montrez Harrell. So they added four new guys. Um, there's still a question if Schroeder's going to be a starter, but um, to add all those pieces to your bench when your bench was already deep enough as it is, I mean, they did lose Danny Green. They did lose a few other pieces. But they were able to maintain their core. And obviously, you still have to see what Anthony Davis does, which I think he's going to obviously be signed. It just kind of did that by design, just so that way they can get all those pieces on the team. Because they would have been cap locked if Davis would have signed too, too, too early. So, in order for them to get all those offseason moves done, they had to wait. They had to let Anthony Davis wait to resign. So, they ended up working out in their favor by doing that.
man, it's just it's just amazing how they're able to get all those pieces, man, for a team that could have been cap locked if they would have signed it today. Was able to get four more additional pieces. Crazy. Um, I liked what the Warriors did. You know, the soft and the blow of losing Clay Thompson. They added um, Kelly Oubre via trade. They signed Brad Wanamaker from the Celtics. They signed Kent Bazemore, which he played on the Warriors before. So he heads back to uh, Oakland to play again for the Warriors to help their bench out and give them some veteran leadership. So I, I like their team a lot. Um, Kelly Oubre is a rising star right now. I think he's a guy that's he's been ascending. So he could be a guy that you know he's expected to get the starting job. So he could be a guy that could definitely help the Warriors out big time. You know, he's a, to, you know to defend at a higher level. He's a pretty good defender as well as a good scorer. So. I think that was a very good get for them to kind of soften the blow of losing Clay Thompson. Um, the Suns, they added Chris Paul via trade, and they added Jay Crowder. So the Suns, another winner in my eyes. They definitely did a good job of improving the team. Getting probably a Hall of Famer, Chris Paul, to add with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. Jay Crowder also gives them some veteran leadership. Guy that can shoot the ball, guy that can defend on the other end as well. So I mean, I think the Suns keep an eye on. They also got uh, Jalen Smith. They also drafted Jalen Smith out of Maryland. So they added a guy that can kind of clean up the boards and block shots as well as stretch the floor. Nice backup for DeAndre Ayton. Um. Pelicans, another winner in the West, adding Steven Adams from Oklahoma City. They got Bledsoe via trade, the Drew Holiday trade. So I like the Steven Adams that creates a, you know, a big-to-big type of lineup they can use with him and Zion Williamson. Um, Bledsoe would definitely help them out if they play him with Lonzo Ball in the backcourt. Possibly make Bledsoe a shooting guard instead of a point guard. Maybe Lonzo will be the point guard. Which I think that's probably what they'll do. So we'll see how that works out for the Pelicans. I think they're they're a very deep team in their youth. They've been able to draft well. They also drafted uh, Kyra Lewis. One of the fastest guys in the draft um, from Alabama. So they definitely added a lot of depth at the point guard position and they also added some depth at the center position as well so keep an eye on them they got a very strong squad and a very young squad that definitely is ascending I think they're a team that you know unlike the Grizzlies they didn't improve themselves they definitely put themselves in a position to be a playoff team and possibly an 8th seed or 7th seed if they can continue to show um Zion can continue to show his talent and his his upside can his upside to be an elite player in this league. And then obviously those veterans that they added definitely to help those young guys 
you know, understand how to play, you know, high-level basketball in this league. So the Clippers, um, obviously they weren't able to do as much as the Lakers, but I still like what they've done, getting Serge Ibaka from Toronto. And then they also were able to get um, Luke Kennard out of Detroit, which definitely helps their shooting out. They lost Landry Shamat to the Nets. So Luke Kennard is definitely a good, very good replacement. So they could pretty much do that exact same role of being a, a, a sharpshooter off the bench. So Clippers, they did lose a, lose a lot with Harrell, but Ibaka gives them more of a stretch big. More so of a guy that can stretch the floor and shoot the three over a guy that is more of an inside threat that like Harold was, more of a pick-and-roll type of player. Abak is more of a shooter. So that put more of a pick-and-pop type of player to kind of stretch the floor for Kawhi and, and Leonard might be a better fit overall. So we'll see how Tyron Lue rebuilds that program. Not rebuild it, but really just kind of just get them in position to win um, win an NBA Finals, which is pretty much at this point when you have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, you have to get to the NBA Finals or have to put themselves in position to be in the Western Conference Finals. They can't fall short like they did last year; it's just not good enough. Um, but I have them as a, as a West winner because I still thought they they were able to soften blow up losing a few pieces that definitely. Um, would have hurt their team if they didn't replace them with those two pieces that they got with Abaka and Kennard. All right, so we're going to take a short break, and we'll we'll finalize the show with some basketball calls basketball news um, locally. And we'll probably kind of preview the next show that will probably be all high school basketball-oriented. As high school basketball is starting up this upcoming few weeks, but by the time I, by the time I um, do my next pod, it probably will be uh, there. Probably will be some high school basketball already starting up. So we'll kind of get into some uh, um, top teams for each state. We'll get into that in the next pod. So we'll kind of preview that um, and. and in the next segment. So we'll be right back. This is your host Rob Morris. You listen to the Rims Nest Podcast. I'm out. We'll be right back.